G'day guys, welcome to Talk Shop, the workshop talk show. We are your hosts, Al and Imo, husband and wife duo, building our dream lifestyle one project at a time. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work. And pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. G'day guys, we're back again. It's another episode of Talk Shop, the workshop talk show. We're so happy to be here as per usual, Monday night. Edwina, our dog's at our feet, we're sitting in bed, and we're ready to get stuck into it. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm very excited. And just to let you know, guys, we're hoping we've got grand plans to record the podcast on Thursdays now, during the day. This this one is a Monday night again. We're recording. It's nighttime. Emo's over the nighttime recordings. Now that the big jobs that we had to get pumped out, over September, October period have gone. We've sat down, done a whole schedule, redo, and now we want to try and fit in recording the podcasts on Thursday. So we plan on getting one done this Thursday and that'll be coming out as next week's episode. We'll we'll let you know how we go. Yeah, the plan is that Al's mum comes down from Melbourne, watches Goldie, Al and I go and sit in the van outside and we record the podcast on a Thursday in the middle of the day. I'm excited. Because obviously this is work for us. And as much as I love having a chat with you, Al, I don't particularly want to be doing it on Monday nights because I really want to just watch Netflix and binge and just kick back and relax. Yeah, I know. Monday nights, like, we really try to cram a lot into Mondays. Like we were saying just before off air, like, we off do air. a lot. We off sound air. very yeah, we're on air. We're on air right now in the airwaves. Um, no, what we were saying was... Mondays are just hectic. Like we get up early, I do a workout, I do work for like all day. So do you. We drop Goldie off, we pick her up from daycare, we cook dinner, then we record a podcast. And by the time we finish doing all that, it's been like 14 hours of just doing stuff all day. Yeah. For me, Mondays are a bit manic because it's so much admin, like so many emails coming over the weekend. I'm obviously managing the Al and Emo business. We've got our successful furniture makers course. We've got this podcast, Talk Shop Insiders, which is our private Facebook group. We've been doing a little bit of influencer marketing. We've just signed with an agent. So we've got all of these different things on the go at the moment. And so Mondays for me is just like marketing admin, emails, design, just like trying to get everything organized in my head so that the rest of the week runs smoothly. And so by the time Goldie goes to bed on a Monday night, we've eaten dinner. I I love the podcast. Like I never regret recording it, but I also am so excited to do it during the day. Yeah. To make it a bit more of a, like a daily task for the business rather than just like, oh, shit, we got to get that done because Wednesday's rolling around pretty soon and we got to get this out to the to the faithful listeners out there, you guys listening. So, yeah, hopefully we can get ahead of things, start a new habit. But as some of you out there would know, it's pretty hard to start new habits. Like once you get in the habit of a routine, you just get sort of stuck in your ways and you do that over and over again. And so, yeah, we just thought I'd let you know let you guys out there know that we're trying to start a new habit of getting in almost a week before the podcast drops, recording it so Imo's got plenty of time to edit it. I wish I could say I would edit it too, but I have no idea how to do that. So um, yeah, just to give you a bit more time in your week to get it done and so that Monday nights we can just chill. 
And also, we've had a mon- we've had actually quite a few Monday nights where we sit down to record, and Goldie's like, "Nah, not having it. I'm gonna have a cry because I'm a baby." And you know, knowing on a Thursday if Al's mum's looking after her inside, she's covered. She's looked after. We don't have to worry about her. We don't have to keep pressing pause, going in how- in there, checking on her, coming back, picking up where we left off, re you know, getting our thoughts together, and continuing with the podcast. So I think it's just going to be a much better routine and i'm very excited about it yeah we will keep you guys posted also we wanted to mention talk shop insiders guys you guys can all join our group called talk shop insiders on facebook it's where we all get in there we can discuss anything we've talked about on the podcast you can suggest podcast topics it's for everyone and anyone who wants to join and yeah it's just a nice place to sort of share information, share your thoughts, share your photos of what you've been working on. Um, There's plenty of stuff going on in there, isn't there? Yeah, I literally just got a notification on my phone from a Talk Shop Insiders uh, community member who's just asking for advice about his business. And I love seeing this because it's just such a collaborative community where you can ask each other's advice and help. And, you know, we're all in there to succeed. We're all there to help each other. We don't have scarcity mindset. We're there to build each other up. And that's what it's all about. And so come and join us, Talk Shop Insiders. I'll have a link down the bottom for you to come and join. Everybody welcome. And then the next thing is our Successful Furniture Makers online course. It's a 12-week business and marketing course specifically for creative makers, although we've had other people join us in the course as well. We're currently running it. Our students are halfway through the course. And we're planning to run it again next year. So if you're interested in joining, make sure you join the wait list because we do have a limited amount of spots available. We Zoom every single week for 12 weeks doing business coaching. It's really exciting. We absolutely love it. We get to meet the best people and it's so exciting watching everybody's businesses develop. It is. I love doing the course and I love like the developing over the weeks of the course as it goes. Like it's just so cool. And it, I just love watching them and like meeting these people. Like it's so fun to meet all these people and have this community of like like-minded people that we can chat to every single week on Zoom. Yeah, so- I just um we offer another service which is like I can do kind of an update of your Squarespace website and go over and do design and SEO and kind of help you figure out the best way to showcase your business. And you can jump onto furniturefriends.com.au. You can pay for that service. We can start to chat and get moving on it. But I actually did this the other day with some existing students who just wanted a bit of a helping hand to get their website launched. And they're actually over in the UK at the moment on holiday. And I woke up at 6 a.m. in the morning to Zoom with them. So it was like a good time, you know, difference for both of us. And it was so exciting to catch up with them again because they're existing students. They did the course at the beginning of this year. And, you know, they've done all their product development. They've got awesome photos. The website's really coming together. And I'm so excited for them to launch. And, yeah, it was just it's just awesome. Like, I absolutely love seeing these businesses coming to life. And I'm just, yeah, I'm so pumped for all of our students, you know, previous and present and future. For sure. It's nice to be, like, play a little role in their development as a business and see from where they start at and where they end up. Like, I'm just so excited in the future to look back at all these students and be like, wow, they came through the course and look at them now. So, 
Well done, everyone who's already done it. Proud parents (laughs) over here. Anyway, this episode, guys, is all about how to attract high-paying clients to your business and encourage them to become repeat customers. And the reason why we thought we'd do this topic is because currently we're just dealing with a lot of existing customers who are coming back over and over again. We've just done one of our most expensive orders. It was a $25,000 order. It's been delivered. The customer's already come back and wants more work from us. And we're also about to start a $13,000 bed, which is really exciting. So we've just, you know, as our business has developed, our price point's gone up, our customer spend has gone up, and we've just got all of these amazing customers who keep coming back. And I just think like, you know, Al and I were having a little bit of a chat before we came on air and we were just talking about how grateful we are for all of our returning customers because they're the ones who have been supporting us for a really long time. They obviously love what we do and they just keep coming back for more. And that's like the highest form of flattery. Flattery. Yeah, Yeah. I was just going to say it is like the biggest compliment to our work and what we do as a business to get someone who's already purchased with us, come back to us and say, hey, can you do more for me? Because I really love what you've already made. It's just the best feeling to get that that realization that they really like what we do and they want to invest more of their t- money into us. Yeah, and they're like they're living with this furniture. They're using it. They're sleeping in our beds and whatever kind of furniture we've made for them, they obviously love it so much that they want more from us. So it's just the absolute best. And and we just want to, you know, quickly take an opportunity to thank all of our existing customers. I know that we have a couple who listen to the show. So thank you for supporting our business. Thank you for you know, coming along for the ride. And also for any of the students who have invested in our course, that's obviously a service that we provide as well. So we are so grateful for everybody who invests their hard-earned cash in our business. We really appreciate you. Yeah, totally. It's helping us live the lifestyle we want to live and it it put, it drives us to keep doing what we're doing because it really shows that there are people out there who like what we do and want to invest in us. So thanks again. We really appreciate you all. And even all of you listeners who tune in every single week from all sorts of corners of the world, we are so happy that you come and hang out with us each week. Honestly, blows my mind. It does. Okay, let's jump into the episode. The first thing we need to do to attract these high-paying clients is identify who they are. Like, who are these people? Are they, what areas do they live in? What do they do for work? This is the kind of thing you need to ask yourself when you're trying to attract the right customers that are going to pay big money for your products. And a lot of these people live in capital cities. Like, we get a lot of our work to Melbourne and Sydney that's where a lot of these people are with wealth. Like they've got a lot of money, they've got style, they want to spend on handmade stuff. That's where we find a lot of our customers, isn't it? Yeah, we definitely find that our customers are, you know, working professionals. They're usually 40 plus and they're homeowners living in capital cities like Melbourne and Sydney. We've also found that quite a lot of our customers have large bedrooms, which require large beds. Like a little while ago, we delivered a bookshelf ledge bed, which is enormous. Absolutely love this bed. But it was for a barrister who lived in like the Western suburbs in Melbourne. And her bedroom, I shit you not, you could fit like eight of our bedrooms inside it. It was huge. There was like a freestanding spa bath in the corner. Like this thing was like 
epic. It was like a penthouse, a whole bedroom. So it was crazy. Yeah, I think so. Basically, you need to think about who your customer is and what are their needs. Like, what are you actually offering them to solve their problems? Like, big rooms. That's one thing that our customers have that we need to provide the furniture that's going to fit in a big room. And that's what we've done with our business. Yeah. And it also reminds me, like, a couple of weeks ago, I was, you know, doing some photos for a custom builder in the surf coast and I met one of their clients and their client was like really struggling to find a dining table for their enormous dining room. Like this thing was so big that they needed like a giant dining table. And of course, for something like four meters plus, you're going to need a custom builder. So if you're looking to charge a premium and to charge um, to premium paying customers, maybe you need to start looking at scale and things that are large or things that have a high perceived value, like light fittings is something that I always love to come back to. We don't do them ourselves, but I know that it's a really high paid product. Yeah, for sure. The second one is to define a marketing strategy that centers on the values and the services that you provide. So what makes you unique? And so rather than just posting pretty pictures, I want you to think about the actual benefits of your service or product. So what problem are you solving and why do people need what you're providing? So for instance, with Al and I, we you know do custom made to order. So that in itself is a value proposition because people love to know that something's custom made for them. It increases the perceived value. Immediate, you're like, oh, I'm special. That's specially made for me. The other thing we do is we offer small customization. So things like you know, adding rounded edges, uh, adding, you know, holes for PowerPoints, uh, particular types of storage, different types of timbers, like there's things that we can do and there's parameters that we work within, particularly if they're spending a lot of money. Like we're doing a $13,000 bet at the moment for a client in Sydney who's requested it in European Oak. Like we wouldn't usually offer that, but he's paying a lot of money. So we're like, okay. Yeah. And like we just mentioned before, we provide things for big rooms. Some people want to make things bigger and we definitely offer that service as well. So that's something that we do that is also customizable. These are the things that like your customers are going to come to you with questions saying, oh, can you do this? Can you do this? And generally it's the higher paying customers that want to do more customization. And that's something you should think about offering as a service because it it holds up as a premium service and you can charge more money for it. Yeah, and like example, that drawer unit you made recently, we changed the dimensions so it would fit under their windowsill. We made it longer, we made it shorter. And so these are things that you can offer because when someone's coming to you for custom made to order, it's because they can't find it just to buy off the rack. And as furniture makers, most of you listening to this episode, I'm assuming most of you are furniture makers, one of the things you can offer is slight customization, if that's something that you ought to do. Okay, the next thing would be is to encourage add-ons like bedside tables, drawer units, and additional features. So, for example, we're starting to offer rounded edges, which is just another way to upsell. And I think like by encouraging people to add to their order, it is the best way for you to make more money because it's less admin. You've got one customer, one delivery, multiple items yeah and you want to also like we like to position ourselves as kind of a one-stop shop for all the bedroom furniture for people so they don't need to keep looking around for all different places to find the right side tables to find the right 
drawer unit to go in their room, we've got everything that they need and they can just buy it all from us. Then like we were saying before, we get repeat customers and those are the best customers. So when they keep coming back to you, it means you're doing something right and you should really hold their hands and service them as if they're like the best customers you've ever had because they are and they're the ones you need to really like hold on to and do provide that extra bit of care for them. Yeah, I I don't know what the statistic is, but I know there is one, but it's so much easier to get a repeat customer than it is to get a new one. So like rather than constantly trying to find new leads and marketing yourself to people who don't know anything about you and then trying to get that like no trust, it's so much easier for you to focus your attention on people who've already purchased from you and get them to come back for more. So while we're also talking on marketing strategies, it's also really important to understand where your customers are. So for example, with us, we know that our customers, if they're looking for a brand new bed, the first thing they're going to do is type it into Google. So for us, it's really important to make sure that we focus a lot of our attention on our website SEO to make sure that they find us if they're searching for a bed. And then the other thing we do is once they've found us, we need to get them on our email marketing list. And this is where we can directly market to them. And we don't rely on things like social media. Social media is great. Love it. But really where we focus our energy and time is on that Google search and our email marketing list. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people that are quite wealthy are sitting down on Instagram and looking for things to buy. Like it's just not a place where people go to spend big amounts of money. They go to Instagram to sort of scroll and just see some photos. You know, chances are the 40 plus year olds aren't even using Instagram that much. They're on other things like Google, like Pinterest. Pinterest is a great platform people like to use because it's photos, but it's a search engine. So they're actually searching for like a timber handmade bed. That's why Imo talks all about using Pinterest and always tagging your images through Pinterest and pinning them so that people can find you and track back to your website and then they can get on your mailing list and you can directly market to these people. I am so proud of you right now. You're absolutely nailing this. This is so exciting. Al, you've become a marketing whizzy. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even realize. Oh, no. I was just listening to this being like, yes, yes, nailing it. Uh, That Al, you actually you know, hit the nail on the head right there. So, you know, it's all about making sure that you figure out where your target market is. Like, for example, people keep saying TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. And I'm like, I barely touch TikTok. Like, if I'm trying to sell, you know, high-end furniture, TikTok's not the place where I'm going to hang out. But if I was to, you know, sell something else, maybe I would be looking at TikTok. It just depends on who your target market is. So Yeah. Uh, Another target market of ours is people building houses. And as a couple who are building a house right now, we spend a lot of time going on Pinterest and searching for things that are going to go in our house, you know, like timber lining, kitchens, all this sort of stuff. People buy new furniture when they're building a new house. That is another one of our customers. They generally have money to spend on furniture when they're building a house as well. They've already allowed. In their budget, they're like, I don't want to move into a new house with our old crappy furniture. I want brand new. That's where you can also market to high-paying customers as a furniture maker. Absolutely. And also getting in with architects, interior designers, custom builders, (laughs) like just even sending your portfolio out to those people could 
generate leads for you. Okay, so the next one is establish credibility in your niche field. So this is things like gaining testimonials from your clients. And the only way to do this is to ask. So in your customer journey experience, create workflows for yourself that encourage your customers to write a review. Ask them for a review. The next is to feature um the next is to get features in media publications. So this is just another way to like boost your credibility on your website. You can say as seen in, as featured in, and you can have links to those publications. You know, I received an email today from an architect and in the bottom it said, you know, this award, that award, this award. And I was like, hmm, interesting. That's cool. They've won heaps of awards. So you know, maybe that's an area that you want to focus on. I know a student in our course currently, one of his goals is to to submit his work to woodworking awards and try to get a few more accolades in that area. Uh, The other thing would be is to have examples of your work and create a portfolio, which is essentially your website, your social media, your Pinterest. This is a really quick way of people to get an idea of who you are, what you do and what you make, and you need to make it look good. You need to have a really good first impression. Yeah, so this is like with your social media where you should be spending your time is just creating a really good-looking platform of images that people can come through and have a look at that it might be actually your peers, not so much your actual customers that are looking through your portfolio on Instagram and stuff, aren't they? Well, look at it like this. If someone comes to your website and finds you, likely they're going to have a scan through your website They're going to click on your Instagram and they're going to look at it. If they like what they see, they're going to start like clicking into your images and finding out more about you. If they go to your website, they scan through, they jump on your Instagram and they get disappointed because it looks really junky. Chances are they're going to be like, "Mm, I don't know, I'm going to keep looking. So it is really important to have that really like clear first impression. And I think Instagram is just a supporting platform for your business. And it's such a good tool to really like drive it home. Yeah, I love the example of like restaurants because oh. when you when you Google a restaurant, you're like, oh, this restaurant's got great reviews. Then you go to their Instagram and you see the photos of the food because that's where you find like a portfolio of all the food and the meals that they do. And you're like, oh, that looks delicious. We're going there. Absolutely. Like there's one thing reading a menu, but then looking at the pictures, that's what does it for me. And also, a lot of people don't actually update their websites and they're a little bit out of date. So you go to Instagram because that's where you want the most current, up-to-date information. Like, I know if I'm trying to find information about like a restaurant or a shop or an event, I always go to their Instagram because I know that's where there's going to be like a notice of what's going on. So keep your website up to date, guys, and make sure it's just a really good first impression. And then also make sure that Instagram's fresh, up-to-date, has really engaging, high Beautiful images that encourage them to click through, learn more, follow you, and want to be a part of your business. The fourth one would be to provide value for your customers. So the more they're paying, the more you should be providing for that service. Like you don't just put the prices up and give the same thing you would have charged for a $2,000 table for a $10,000 table. When they're paying that extra, it means you can go the extra mile and make sure that they're getting that premium service that they expect when they're paying the higher price. And this is something like you can sort of add a bit of your own personality into your business and do this. Like there's no set way of doing this. It could be you give them a call a week before, maybe you send them flowers or something when you deliver your bed or whatever it is you're delivering. This is something you can really be creative in your own way to show your customers that 
you really appreciate them and give them that premium service. I love this part of the delivery process when we can like give a little bit extra or you know, send them a nice email even. Like there's so many ways you can go about this. Yeah, I think it's just really important that if you want to charge a premium, you need to offer a premium service, which means your customer experience needs to be seamless and you need to aim to exceed their expectations every step of the way. So this is always about going through your customer journey and pinpointing all of your touch points of when you actually talk to your customer, whether it's in person, in email, you know, whatever that context might be, is that the best way of contacting them? Do they feel really excited about working with them? Are you sharing in their excitement? Are you making them feel really pumped? Is it easy? Is it so seamless for them? Have you answered all of their questions before they even have the chance to ask? And also make sure to contact them in the way that they want to be contacted. So personally, I absolutely hate receiving phone calls. I just don't have time for me The best customer service is if I'm trying to liaise with someone, they email me all the information. It's really clear and they give me exactly the steps of what happens next. And something that I always like to do with our business is because we charge quite high prices and we expect a 50% deposit to secure orders and then the balance upon completion, I always like to give our clients a few weeks notice prior to delivery so that they have plenty of time to pay. Because if I'm sending them an invoice for like, seven grand, you know, you want to make sure that people have time to pay that and they've got a little bit of a heads up. So I always try to make sure that my customer experience in terms of receiving money is always like at a high point and I've given them plenty of time and notice and they feel really prepared. And I always make sure we receive our balance prior to delivery because there is absolutely nothing worse than trying to chase up money after you've delivered something. Yeah, this is definitely something that we've added in in more recent years in our business because we have gone through that where we've finished off an order and we've gone, oh, yeah, let's deliver that this weekend. And we've emailed the customers and they're like, oh, shit, like we've got to pay the balance and then maybe it'll come through after we've already delivered it. So by doing this, you're also taking out that risk with your own money because they're well aware ahead of time that they need to pay the balance. They generally pay it straight away if they're high-paying customers because they've got money. They're not like trying to save up to pay for the furniture that they've been that has been made for them. And it's just a lot easier this way when you give them a bit of notice. Yeah, absolutely. And also means it clears in your account well and truly before you have to deliver it. So there's no awkward money talk upon delivery either. Like I hate talking about money in front of people. Like I want everything to be completely cleared up, good to go, fixed, move on, enjoy your bed, love it. And like that experience of delivery and installation, there's nothing about money. It's all about the excitement of you've now got it. Yes, let's pump you up. Yeah, and I think this goes into like the customer journey map of like the levels of excitement. In the course, Imo's got this cool like diagram of the levels of excitement through the customer journey and yeah, them paying for it in advance of when it actually gets delivered is a level of excitement in itself. So having that separate to the delivery and then the delivery is the finale where they get their piece and it's like the ultimate excitement of like, yes, it's here is just another step along the way that you can 
build that excitement, isn't it? Yeah. And I think you've just like, you mentioned the course there. If anyone's listening to this and you're like, whoa, there's a whole lot more to business than I ever realized, come and do the course. We have a whole module on customer experience. This is something I'm so passionate about. I did a lot of study into the psychology of how people buy at uni. And then in my last previous marketing job, I am so passionate about it. It fascinates me and I love teaching it in the course. And it's definitely one of like, you know, at the most success, like one of the best successes out of our business too. I'm so proud of our customer experience. Anyway, let's move on to the next one is charge premium prices. So sophisticated buyers expect to pay more. Yeah, definitely charging a higher price can actually attract that higher paying customer specifically just because you charge more. Yeah, they tend to like perceive companies with a higher price as more prestigious and a result more desirable. So it's like like luxury brands, like, you know, that handbag's $4,000. Ooh, now I want it. Yeah, exactly. And I think higher paying clients value your time a lot more because they understand, like, this is a premium product. I understand that it must cost a lot of money for a reason. And that's where within your marketing, we talk about this all the time. You need to, like, explain the processes of what it takes to make what you make and show that it's a handmade piece. You pick out all the timbers yourself, whatever it is, your processes, you need to explain that clearly through your marketing and your website and show that this is why you're paying a higher price for this product. Definitely, because a higher price indicates that the product or service is of a higher quality. And I think, you know, for us, that value proposition is it's handmade to order, We hand select all the timber ourselves. It's made with love. Al makes it. We absolutely love building this furniture. We put so much passion and and we, yeah, and enjoyment into it. And we hope that we pass it on to the people who purchase our furniture. And we like to say all of those kinds of things throughout our marketing and talk about those problems that we're solving as well, storage um, and also like quality. So I think it's really important, like you said, Al, is to talk about you know, what you provide in terms of value and how the price matches it. Yeah. The other thing I would say here is don't be afraid to turn away people that aren't willing to pay the higher price because, you know, especially when you start out as a maker, you generally take jobs that are not too high paying. You just want to get working. You want to get the work and start being a maker. But as you build your business and like become more of a competent maker your style develops you become more refined you need to start charging more and you might get customers that are of a different price bracket and you will have to turn away what used to be your regular customer is not actually your customer anymore and this can be such a hard thing to get your head around because you feel bad you're like oh yeah but you know they they want to give me money it's just not quite what I charge, but I don't want to disappoint them. Sometimes you just have to say no. Yeah. Not everyone's going to be your customer. And I think, you know, there comes a point in your business where you just kind of like will jump up to the next rail and start charging a higher price point. And, you know, our customer has totally changed from when we first started our business. I mean, when we first started, we were doing quite rustic stuff. You know, our price point was so much lower than it is now. And the other thing is, is like, we used to just take on everything. And so now it's like we're so specific about the jobs that we take on. And if we're doing a new job, so if we're doing something custom, it has to be something that really ignites this like excitement inside us. And we'll have to know like, yes, this is a job that 
really excites me. And it's also one that I really want to photograph and add to our portfolio. Because if you're just taking on jobs because people want you to do them, but you can't actually use them for your portfolio because you don't even want to promote them going forward, like that's not driving your business forward at all. In fact, it's actually pulling you back. Yeah. And I think definitely as a beginner, this is this conversation is a bit different because sometimes as a beginner, you just need to get the work. Like I was saying, we started out that way. We took anything and everything, but we started to develop a bit of a style as we went. We kept a few things that we liked from all those custom jobs and we scrapped all the rest. And then the interest in our business grew and grew and grew. And so we started to get a bit more of a demand for our work. And that's when you can start charging more and being a bit more picky with your work and start saying no to things that you don't really want to do anymore because it's not serving your end goal as a business or the direction that you're going in. Absolutely. And even this like goes to today, like I was updating our price list and, you know, there's just certain designs that we're just kind of like, okay, now that one can be archived and we won't do that one anymore. And you just, you know, you move on and you start to really like refine the things that you want to keep making. Yeah. And the last one, guys, is thank your customers and make them feel so special. So I just mentioned this before, share their excitement, yeah, hype them up, get excited. Like, oh my God, your order's almost ready. We are so excited for you. It looks amazing. You know, we can't wait to deliver it to you. Let's organize a really great time for delivery that works for you. Like Al, you mentioned earlier that a lot of our customers are building new houses or renovating. All of those time frames go so over the expected delivery time. So they're always like, oh, yeah, we're expecting to move in in August. Come November, they still haven't moved in. So we try to be super flexible on our end. And if a customer says that they're renovating or building a new house, we always say to them, hey, keep us up to date with how your house is going. We know that time frames can get pushed out. We want to make sure that we can deliver your bed to you at a time that best suits you when you're moving in. So we always try to tee those deliveries up with when they're moving into their new homes. And sometimes that means we have to shuffle around all of our orders. It means that we have to put orders on hold for months at a time and we don't start them till later on. But I try to keep that conversation open with our customers and to make sure that they feel like we're there with them, that we're excited for them and, you know, we're trying to work with them for the best time for them. Yeah. So this is also goes back to like that premium service that you want to offer. You know, one of the things we do for all our customers in Melbourne and like local deliveries that we do ourselves is we do the delivery and the installation there with them. And just to add that as a little bit extra of a service for them. So, you know, we can have a chat with them. We can be excited with them and sort of like share in the excitement. Like you just said, like it's all part of the service that we offer. Um, you know, there's been no, numerous times when we've delivered beds to people and they have just moved into their house and we've been like, wow, this place is so amazing. You know, like there's been some really cool houses that we've seen people build and move into and we become a part of that journey with them and so does our furniture and that's part of the excitement of them buying from us is we deliver it to them into their new house and it's like this big moment for them, you know, and you really want to pump them up in that moment and be like, this is amazing. Thank you so much for supporting us and putting our furniture in your home. 
we hope you love it. You know, it's like those moments that really stick with the customer. Yeah. And I always like new homes. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Let's see a house tour. And they obviously they want to show you around. They're so excited. Like this is the new house. So yeah, I think sharing that excitement with them. And also like I try to pump up our customers through emails and well, how's the reno going? I hope it's going well. Oh my gosh. You know, how stressful is building? I really feel for you. You know, I just want to let you know that we're here every step of the way. If you ever have any questions or if you need to delay your delivery, just always contact me and we can work it out. So I always try to be really flexible and accommodating to our customers. The next is to ask for a review. And I mentioned this earlier is If you don't ask, you won't receive. So it's really important to ask them in person when you do your delivery, but then also follow up as well and say like, you know, a couple of weeks later, like, hey, hope you're loving your furniture. Here's a really easy way for you to write a Google review. Provide them the link that takes them straight to it. So you've got to make that process super seamless and really easy for them as well. Yeah, it's funny this one because I was a serial, like never review anything, always like, a website I'd buy something off it or whatever and I'd just you know they'd give you that like pop up do a quick survey and I would always just click the x and like close it but now being a business owner myself I sometimes actually spend the time now to do a few little reviews for people because it really helps out a business and it's something that we ask our customers to do so I'd be a bit of a hypocrite if I didn't ever do it for someone else and it really does help your business out it shows like People go online to Google and they do look at Google reviews and they make a big difference for your business having that information there, showing that the customers are enjoying what you have to offer. It's like proof is in the pudding. This business is legit and this this is something that I want to invest in now. And also Google reviews increase your search engine ranking too. So they're really important for your website. So make sure that you are asking for those Google reviews. Google reviews will trump any other kind of reviews. So if you're going to ask them for any review anywhere um, over like Facebook or different platforms or whatever, Google is the one that I would focus on um, in terms of a marketing strategy. Um, The next one is ask them to recommend you to friends, families, and colleagues. Like the story I told you earlier of the barrister who had the enormous bedroom with the bed, she said to me, oh, my God, I cannot wait to tell you or tell um, all of my colleagues about you. They're all wealthy. They've got heaps of money. They're going to love you. They're going to eat you up. So I was like, amazing. Here's our details. Please pass us on to all your rich friends. We would love that. Yeah, the next thing would be to just follow up with your customers. You know, this is a this is a great way to just get in touch with your customers after the delivery has been done. You can just say, hey, guys, how's it going? Like just wondering how your furniture is or whatever it is you've delivered to them. It's a great way to sort of keep that relationship going and then remain fresh in their minds. And this could be through your email marketing. It could be through personal emails or whatever it is. This is just another way you can keep your customers feeling special. Yeah. Another thing I love to do is with that follow-up email is when we're doing the delivery or I think about our communication, I pick out some like key things that are personal. So, you know, whether it was meeting their family, their dog, their baby, their beautiful house, whatever it might be, is include that in the email. Make it really personal. Go, you know what? Thank you so much for inviting us into your home. It was so lovely to meet you and your partner, Dave, and your daughter, Daisy and your dog, 
Doggy. I don't know. I couldn't, all think, the D's. couldn't think of a name there. Dave, but Daisy like, and Doggy. You know, it was so lovely to meet you all. Your home is beautiful. We really hope you love your furniture. Thank you so much for supporting our business. We really appreciate it. And sometimes just an email like that just really, you know, closes off that beautiful buying experience. But if you want to keep the relationship going, another thing you can do is offer priority to existing customers so you can entice them to reorder again. So anytime an existing customer comes back to us going, hey, Alan Imo, I love my bed. I also am thinking of getting bedside tables. I'm always just like, yes, you go to the top of the list before we take on new orders because you're coming back to support us again. And that means so much to us. Yeah, I definitely love this one because like we've been saying this whole episode over and over again, those are the best customers. The ones that want to continue to invest in you are the ones that really love what you're all about as a business. So they're the ones you should offer the priorities to because, yeah, they're just they're there to support you and trust in what you're doing. They're your biggest fans. Yeah. So you've got to, you know, got to, got to give them love. So, guys, let's do a quick recap. So six ways. To attract higher paying customers to your business and encourage them to become repeat customers. Number one was identify who your customer is. Number two was define a marketing strategy that centers on value. So what makes your service and product unique? The next is establish credibility in your niche or field. And that was testimonials, features, and your portfolio on social media. The next was to provide value. So what are you doing to exceed their expectations with your service? The next is charge premium prices and knowing that sophisticated buyers just expect to pay more. And then this also may mean that you have to start turning away lower paying work so that you can grow and propel your business forward. Yeah. And the final one is thank them and make them feel special. So this is that premium service that you provide make sure that your customer feels like they're getting a whole lot of value out of that premium payment that they're paying. And it's not just about the product, it's about the service. So guys, we hope you have really enjoyed this episode. We are so passionate about customer experience. Like we've mentioned, come and join us in Talk Shop Insiders, our private Facebook group. There's a link below and also come and join the waitlist for the Successful Furniture Makers course, which is going to kick off again next year. That's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, we'll be recording the next episode this week on Thursday and it'll be dropping the following week. So we'll keep you updated on that one. Yes, I'm so excited. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please DM us on Instagram and send us a review or email us at g'day at alanimo.com.au. We would absolutely love to hear from you. We'd love to hear if you enjoyed the episode. We'd love to hear any feedback of the show or if you've got any suggestions for topics please get in touch. Yeah, we love Q&A episodes as well. So if you do have questions that you want answered, like whether it's a long form episode, full topic thing, or if it's just a quick question about anything, send it straight through to us. We'll try to answer them all on the podcast. That's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Bye. Bye.